Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. And welcome, fellow rockers, to the Get Behind Fanny podcast, where we'll dive into the world of 70s rock group Fanny. I'm your host, Byron Wilkins. And joining me on these wild audio adventures is drummer Alice DeBure. Hello, Alice. Hi, Byron. And also <laughs> joining us on the podcast is Dr. Kristen Hilaire Glasgow, uh, or Dr. K, as we call her. Hi, Dr. K. Hello, Byron. Hello, Alice. And hello, everybody. I just wanted to say I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to be hearing from all of you telling us that you're happy with our first podcast so far. And here we are on yeah. our episode two. So this has just been so exciting. Yeah, we survived. We survived. We survived. We survived the first one. We decided, okay, maybe we could do a second one and get away with it. And, and, tr- and try not to really screw yeah, it up. But, exactly. Hey, day's not over yet. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, did you want to talk about why we're here, uh, Kristen? Is that what you? I I, I did. I, we talked a little bit about oh, this we, last week, but I wanted to just pick okay. it up again, just to kind of give the you know frame of why we're here. That this is a podcast dedicated to all things Fanny. That's why it's get behind Fanny along with the pun, um, and we're devoting it to the f- original four you know, uh, members, Alice DeBure, June and Jean Millington, and Nikki Barkley, and dedicating it to their first four albums, beginning in 1969 to 1970, self-titled Fanny. Second album was Charity Ball. Third album was Fanny Hill and ended with Mother's Pride. And we're here to basically solidify and seal the legacy of Fanny, because as David Bowie said, his, his, you know, uh, plan in life was to make sure that Fanny had their place. And ultimately the goal, at least for me personally, I've known the band since I was three, my father managed them to get them into the rock and roll hall of fame where they are. Uh, there's a place waiting for them. Absolutely. They're sorely missing there. Lot, they really a, lot have of, a, spot. a lot of people would beg to differ, but that's okay. Kristen. That's okay. You, you Let them have be your dreams. <laughs> I have my dreams and also bring it in terms of the critiques. I can Thank handle it. You. I'm on Twitter. I have a t- thick skin. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and you have to have on Twitter. Yeah, really. you do. I was just going to say thank you, Kristen, for Dr. K. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to call you Kristen. You but, have to call me uh, Kristen. Hearing yeah. Alice call me Dr. K would make me giggle every time, and that would be inappropriate. Yeah. But I have to thank you <laughs> so much for handling Twitter because I just I, – I, I can't wrap my head around it. And Byron, thank you for handling Instagram. I am yes. willing to do Facebook, and I'm willing to respond on YouTube. But Twitter – you got to have somebody whose brain is a little bit fresher than mine. <laughs> it's a pleasure. And um, it, it's always been my dream to be some kind of version of a fifth Fanny member. Yeah. So this is my way of doing it. But just so everybody knows on Twitter, anything that is said about Alice or the band, all, the band members are seeing this. This is not just me handling it. So right. I just happen to be the mediator. So yeah. thanks. Yep, yeah, that's right. So you're the Pete Best of uh, Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or the Derek right, Taylor there. of the Beatles. Derek, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way. Um, well, today's podcast, uh, we're going to follow up on our Ask Alice hashtag questions. And a bunch of them uh, came in uh, via all, all forms of social media. And uh, Kristen's got some first questions, so we'll take them away. So before we actually get to some questions for you, Alice, there we have a wonderful follower on Twitter named Sterling Hall, and he sent in a 
really great shot of the Charity Ball album LP that he had or has in his room, along with a gorgeous black and white photo of Gene and June playing together. And so he wrote in, hi, Alice, I just wanted to let you know how truly inspired I am by you, Gene, June, and Nikki. I've been playing piano for 13 years and hope to one day be as good as you guys are. I listened to the first episode of the podcast, and I'm so excited to hear more stories about Fanny and the music. Thank you so much for what you do. Exclamation point. I love that. And he signed it, (laughs) Sterling Hall. So thank you, Sterling, for your support. We really appreciate it. Alice, do you want to say something? I just It's really, really sweet. And um, I... You've been playing piano for 13 years. You should be rocking it and having fun. <laughs> and as long as you're having fun, everything else will come. Amen to that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So moving on, we have actually a real uh, a drummer named Jim. Not sure where he's from, but on fannyrocks.com, our website, he wanted to know from you, Alice. And there's a few questions so you can decide which one you want to or which ones you want to answer. The first one is, which is more important to you, groove or chops, and why? Second Groove. Class. Okay, why? <laughs> um, because you can have all the chops in the world, but if you don't have the groove, you got nothing. Well said. And for us who, for us bass players, what's a groove? The groove is, is actually the bass players involved in the groove. Mm-hmm, but the, mm-hmm. it, whether it's boom, chick, boom, chick boom chick mm-hmm. you know okay. you could do but the boom chick is what's going to hold the whole band together gotcha yeah. okay cool. great that's Wonderful. the groove for us non-musicians for our people out there who aren't non-musicians and like, actually i kind of knew what they meant but yeah well and let's go further with that what's the difference between so what are chops chops would be the fills oh, got you know, it. Okay. or you know some people say that drummer's got great chops and he's not only you know a good drummer but he's um, got some really great fills. Cool. Okay. So the next question Jim wants to know is, do you have a favorite kit and what's the most famous other drummers kit you've ever played? Of course, my favorite kit is my Camco kit that I had two of them uh, in succession. And I loved them because of the natural wood sound and I couldn't afford natural wood Ludwigs which were far more expensive at the time and I never did play on another drummer's drums that was famous if I ever did sit down on another kit I don't remember it hmm. Hmm. well I love that and and then Jim's last answer which is great he said considering this quote from Stuart Copeland and then he quotes I moved every beat that I played. I moved it one quarter note to the right, which is why I got rich and famous. So one beat to the right is taken, but one beat to the left is still free. It's still available, close quote. And so Jim wants to know from you, what do you believe are the uncharted waters of drumming confronting us now? And then he wanted to add, thanks for listening to my questions, Alice, and may the groove be with you. And then he said, shout out to (laughs) Dr. K and Byron for turning me on to Fanny Rocks. Cool. cool. Yeah. Um, you know, Stuart Copeland is an ama- it was and is an amazing drummer. I don't know where he got the concept of moving one beat to the right um, because he was on all the time. I knew where the one was with Stuart 90%, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And when I worked at A&M, one of the bands that I worked was The Police. And mm-hmm. watching him live, um, he he's an amazing drummer 
So I'm not sure what he means, one beat to the right or one beat to the left. He says, so one beat to the right is taken, but one beat to the left is still free. It's still available. It- hmm. Yeah. Don't know what that, that means. Yeah, yeah, he's just saying that, you know, that's what that's how he describes his drumming. And so he's taken that, that one beat to the right. That's mine. That's Stuart's. One beat to the left is still open if you want it. Take it. Got you it. Know. I see. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, may the groove be with you, Jim. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, Byron, what's what do you have? Mm-hmm. Well, the um, I've, I've kind of somewhat answered it, but uh, people will want to know. Well, I didn't know what the hell Campco was, and I was, and so who who or what is Campco? Campco was a drum company, um, a la Gresh, Ludwig. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bigger names at the time, Pearl. Um, okay. but, uh, Camco was lesser known back in the early seventies, late sixties, and they were affordable. Um, and I could get a natural wood kit, um, without having to pay the Ludwig prices. They yeah. were purchased by DW drums, which is now a very big drum company because of the way the lug nuts that were, or the, I don't know, I'm sure if it's a lug nut, but the little round, um, piece on the drum that the lug nut screwed into holding the head in place. It was a really great uh, engineered drum piece of the drum equipment. So DW mm. bought them, which I didn't know until 2007 when we were in Boston playing at the you know Berkeley College of Music. And they had a DW oh. kit for me because, of course, they couldn't give me a Camco kit. You know. They weren't around. So Camco <laughs> is, is just a drum company. Okay. All right. So, but they were popular back in the, in the sixties or seventies or what? No, they were not. That's the whole thing. Oh, they were. Oh, they were not. Okay. They were around. Excuse yeah, me. I, I was one gotcha. of the few drummers. I don't think I ever saw another drummer playing Camco in all the touring that we did. Hmm. Okay. So they were the underdog. Yeah. They were not well known so. at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Alice, I loved you said to me when we were talking before that you loved Campco and you, you actually mentioned this because of the natural wood and you liked the sound, but you added no sparkly shit. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't like the sparkles on drums at all. It's like it, it, it defeats my whole philosophy of drumming, which is a drummer should be in the back laying down the beat, sitting on the groove and everything else right. gets piled on top of it. I don't need me, me, no sparkles. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, you sat in the back, and that's where I knocked a drummer off his kit one time by accident. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He asked me a question like a dumbass, and I turned to my left, and I hit him with the neck of my bass, and I took him right off the kit. So, yeah. I got beer thrown at me that night. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things we've been talking about in this podcast and kind of dangling a carrot is, Alice, you're going to be sharing some secrets with us. And I was hoping that you would tell us about what it means that you never tuned your drums and all of well, that. Well, see, that's it's, it's a very embarrassing thing for a drummer to admit. And okay, I'll admit I'm 70 years old and I was playing drums in my late teens and early 20s actively. But um, I just, I never tuned them with a, with a pitch pipe thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, it was, I just got the sound I wanted and I didn't see other drummers tuning their drums before a concert or at a sound check. And then once again in Boston, inside the DW drum, 
because it had clear heads on it, was the letter C on the tom-tom. And then there was another letter on the other tom-tom. So, uh, you know, you get out a little pitch pipe and you hit a C and you try and tune that drum to that C. And I don't know if that, you know, would have made all of the music sound better, you know, because sometimes my drums do sound flat on the recordings, but I wanted that. I didn't want. Okay. Well, it's the sound you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised like uh, the producers didn't, you know, like you had some pretty big name producers working for you. Didn't, you know, have you tune your drums or tune them, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm surprised by that. Well, I don't think that that's why I I say, I don't think that tuning drums was a big thing at the time. You know, music has, has progressed and technology has progressed so much in 50 years, you know, that a producer is going to say, okay, this song is in G let's tune your drums to the chords that are in that G range mm. so mm. that your drums sound and fit with the other instruments. I don't know, mm. but it, it was not a big thing. Nobody, n- no producer ever said to me, Alice, we need to tune your drums. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And, and, coming from a, I'm sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Finish. Uh, coming from a, um, I, I played clarinet and bass clarinet, and so I was in orchestras and stuff like that. I'm used to percussion people back there tuning. They would tune their the all their drums, and while they're in percussion, they had more than just drums. They had you know timpanis and all that stuff. So I I remember them tuning stuff, but I I never thought that it would apply to a rock you know drum set. Well, Byron, so, yeah, so it's interesting. I I predate mm-hmm. you in school band Why? and school symphony. <laughs> yes, you know I started in yes, I started in second grade, and yeah. the only drum that was tuned in my second grade through high school with the timpanis and the timpanis were tuned frequently, even during the song, you know, if there was going to be a major uh, key shift in Mm -hmm. a, in a symphony, the timpanis back there, the guy's back there with his little pitch pipe and he's tuning the timpani for that change. But bass drum, the big standing bass drum was never tuned. I never tuned my snare drum. Um, You know, so, I, I, you know, I don't know what band you were in in school where you saw anything but the timpanis being tuned. Well, the, um, uh, you know, maybe they were just tightening the the heads, oh, yeah. um, adjusting the heads, um, because I know because uh, being the drum major, I had to work with the drum right. the, the, the drummers a lot, and I saw them frequently tweaking their drum heads with some sort of a key right. or something like that, and I didn't know if that was tuning or not, or if they're just tightening it's the just head. Tightening or what. The head. Just a, yeah, you know, okay. you get you get more of a pop if it's tighter, you know, mm-hmm. than okay. loose. You get a fatter, deeper sound. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But also, you know, Byron, I'm with you on that. That I mean, because it, whether it was Richard Perry on the first three albums or Todd Rungan for the last, right? I mean, the fact that they didn't say to you, Alice, let's tune your drums. I think what you're saying, Alice, is that it was up to the sound that you were creating. It was not a thing back then. Yeah. 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 It just drums were drums. Oh, well, and you, you know, know, drummers may very well have been tuning their drums. All, you know, Ringo may have tuned his drums for every recording session. I don't know that. But I never mm-hmm. saw that in any of the live gigs we did, whether we were opening or whether we were headlining. The other drummers weren't tuning their drums. And I did uh, forget to mention uh, in the question, uh, Kevin LeBlanc uh, from the Fanny Rocks website uh, commented, he did want to learn more about your Campco drums, which I think you've done quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, he also wanted to know how you came across them. Did you cover that? Um, how you, how at, I found at, them? Your, Prob- yeah. Probably at um, 
probably musicians, uh, uh, was it instrumental service? Uh, okay. So like a music shop. Yeah. It was a music shop that supplied, um, all kinds of mu- music equipment and drums and whatever for studio recordings and stuff in LA. Okay. Oh, studio oh, okay. instrument rentals is what it was. Okay. Right. That's where I found them. We have a question from Colleen Kay on Fanny Rocks, which actually is a great segue, Alice. Mm -hmm. Um, She wrote, uh, quote, my dad just introduced me to Fanny a couple months ago. I'm now a big fan. I noticed from pictures and videos of Alice drumming that she holds her stick in her left hand at the tip. I was wondering how this came to be. Should I be doing this? Anyway, real cool. You guys are doing this. Um, the reason I played with the butt end of the stick in my left hand is because I wanted a real pop. If I, if I wanted to, um, it's, it's, it's a way where the, the part of the stick right before your hand hits the edge of the drum, the metal rim of the drum, the same time the stick does. And it gives it, um, a real, it's a rim shot. And I wanted that rim shot to just pop and it popped heavier with the butt end as well as when you're when you're playing like I did and and some people called me a basher and I kind of was a basher I played drums really hard because uh, it felt best for me to do that um, but when I would go to the tom with that stick it would also give it a a deeper boom instead of a boom mm-hmm. so I, I didn't like the sound of just the tip on the snare and it could be actually, you know, a fault. Um, I see a lot of drummers do it, but mm-hmm. you don't have to. You know, some drummers play with a lot more finesse than I did. You know, I was a rock and roll drummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The boom chick, boom chick analogy is, you know, that's me. Chick taking on a whole new meaning here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You were chick boom chick. There right. we go. So, all right. Get a t-shirt. Was woman chick, boom, chick. boom chick. Exactly. Right. Hear That's me roar, Helen. That's right. I think this is a perfect moment because I don't know about all of you, but I am ready to hear some of Alice's playing. So Byron, sure. do you have some samples we can listen to? Yeah. Did you uh, want me to pull up the seven road stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Seven. Yeah, yeah. By- Byron right, pointed out to me something about seven roads. Um, that I hadn't really even thought about was Fanny had very few riff driven songs and seven roads is definitely a riff driven song. And it was on the first album, the Fanny album, and it was written by June and Jean and me. And it drives through the whole darn song. And this is 1969, 1970, right? Alice? Correct. Correct. Yeah, all right. Great. All right. I'll play the I'll play the thirty second clip of it here. Yeah, that is definitely a riff-driven song. I mean, that could have been Bachman Turner or Judas Priest. You know, uh, it is definitely not who you normally, what you normally play. But it's cool. Right, and I was my head was bobbing. 
I don't know about anybody else's. My head was uh, bobbing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. It's a headbanger. Absolutely. It's on that upbeat. Yeah. It's like cool. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Do we have like others? I liked oh, I, oh, oh. I liked in that song in where the hi-hat, I always used the hi-hat as a real um, accent piece. So that, mm-hmm. and I'm playing on the toms as opposed to playing on the hi-hat. So it gives it that mm-hmm. low driving sound. Nice. Thanks, Byron. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Well, I also have a couple, we've got a couple more clips. We've got the solos. Uh, oh, yeah. First one I'll play yeah, is uh, yeah. As June's. June's, June's, June's. Oh, yeah, this is amazing of June's. Yeah, it's a great June solo. Yeah, yeah, nice. Oh. She's wailing. So and your head bangs even, your, and your bed head bangs even more. Yeah, so it's tasty, like, oh. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. And the last clip I'll play from it, um, and this is again once again from their first album, yep. right? Yes, the first album, and all that. But I'll play uh, Nikki's uh, organ solo here. <laughs> Exactly. When when Nikki her right hand is going so fast, I was trying. I was listening to that song yesterday, and I was yeah. trying to play the like my hand was in the in the form of a, of a chord, mm-hmm. and I was trying to play as fast as she was playing. I couldn't keep up with her. Oh yeah, uh, incredible. I've watched some of her on the Beat Club video of her working the organ and, and her keyboards. It's just yeah. incredible incredible uh she, she did rhythm piano yep i call it rhythm yep. piano but she did rhythm piano phenomenally and she filled in so like when gene um, excuse me when june go into the solos because most if it's a trio without a keyboard all of a sudden you lose your rhythm guitar and you lose that that drive right. the bass can only do so much and and nikki was there to keep that to fill that hole and that really uh helped out oh, a lot yeah, that's why it worked but... i mean june would go to rhythm when nikki was doing a solo nikki would do rhythm when june yeah. was doing a solo because you know in yeah. a trio the drummer has to pick up which is why we're talking last week about badge you know the drummer in a trio has to be a busier drummer and i didn't have to mm. do that because i had a rhythm keyboard player and a rhythm guitar player when one or yeah. the other was doing a lead so it was cool oh cool yeah. Did you uh, want to switch uh, over to uh, changing horses and talk about that a little uh, bit? Or? I'll just jump right in. Dr. K here. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, wonderful <laughs> shout out to Mike DeAngelis and his amazing podcast, There Once Was a Note. Uh, he featured Alice uh, May 14th and did a huge Fanny, uh, Fanny selection. It was amazing. Thank you, Mike. Um, we've gotten some great questions and feedback from that podcast. Um, so if you want to listen to it, you can go to boomradio.podbean.com and look for There Once Was a Note with Mike DeAngelis. It's a, and great, one it's, of the- it's a really great, sorry, Kristen, to interrupt you. No. But it's really a cool podcast because there's a mix of old and new and genres mm-hmm. are all over the place. 
it's a nice. lot of fun. He's he's good at what he does, and uh, it sounds good. It's enjoyable. Check I it agree. Out. It's also as a lot of feedback I've I've heard from people who tuned in for you for Fanny mm -hmm. was that it was able they were able to just let the podcast go, and it felt kind of really wonderfully old school. Yeah, because there were not all these commercial breaks. It was the music yeah. and commentary. So. It's fabulous. Um, and so do you want to tell us a little bit why you love the song and then we can, Byron, hopefully play a sample? Well, it was, mm -hmm. this is, a, it's another, Nikki's rockers were great. And this is another driving rocker. And the reason I picked the songs I picked for Mike's show was because I was aware that I'd probably be playing Fanny music for people who had never heard Fanny. And mm -hmm. I wanted to get as wide of an arc as I could and start people out with us at the beginning so most of the songs that i picked were from the first album and then i picked a couple from uh fanny hill as well but um not my favorite songs necessarily but they were songs that i really liked and i thought represented us well to a potentially new audience and it would remind old mm -hmm. fans of songs they hadn't heard in a while so this is changing mm -hmm. horses It's a, it's a driving rocker. I th I thought we were a really great band. I thought we were tight. Um, you know, oh, yeah. we, we played well together. We didn't always get along, no, but we played well together and we left everything on stage. And uh, we're going to talk on future podcasts about more songs and play more uh, snippets. Yeah. So if you've got some questions, please send them into our social media. Sure. Um, we're also going to have in the next uh either the next or the one after soon coming June and Jean will be joining the podcast. And if you have not um, ordered June's book, or if you've not read her book, uh, she wrote a really great autobiography um, called land of a thousand bridges that you can get at IMA.org. And I am a, I am a is the organization that she founded with Ann Hackler. Um, and they have, I mean, it's an, it's an incredible legacy that June is oh, yeah. playing it forward to the younger generation. They teach young girls, not only how to play instruments and write songs, but reading contracts, working a soundboard, um, you know, communicating musically with each other. And it's just, it's a magical place. And it's a really wonderful legacy. So that's IMA.org. If you want to pick up June's book, it's got some really great pictures in it. And June's memories of what it was like to be in Fanny. And yeah, I would just like to actually tease that out a little bit, Alice, is that IMA stands for the Institute of the Musical Arts. Right. Um, and so it's, you know, IMA.org for that. Um, also, what's incredible, and you, we will talk a little bit about this in our next upcoming episodes, this summer, for the first time, uh, the Girls Rock and Roll Camp will be going virtual online mm -hmm. because of everything that's mm -hmm. going on. So oh, it, it'll yeah. be exciting. So I can't wait for them to join us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
So um, right. I think that next, our next podcast, I think we're going to circle back around and talk a little bit more about Hey Bulldog, because uh, mm -hmm. we had yeah. some questions on it. We've saved them for next time because we'll have June and Jean's input that uh, mm -hmm. makes it more of a of a fanny podcast, which is what this is supposed to be. It's not an Alice podcast. It's all things fanny. So hopefully uh, you'll tune in next time. And until then, you can reach us through these different social media platforms. Byron? You can, yep. You can find us at Facebook at Fanny Rock Band. Uh, over at YouTube is Fanny Rocks. And then on Twitter, or excuse me, Instagram, Fanny Rocks underscore 1970. And finally, Twitter, it's at Rocks underscore Fanny and all that. So we, that's where you can find the, and of course, at FannyRocks.com. You know, there's links for all that there. And you can use the hashtags for Ask Alice. And we're adding two new ones. We're going to add in the hashtag for June Jams. This will be up on Twitter and, and Facebook and all that. And then for Gene, it's going to be hashtag Gene Genie. <laughs> so that'd be cool. You know, and we, we've got someone sharpening knives or something in the background. So <laughs> Eventually, eventually, we hope to have hashtag Nikki Knights. Nikki uh, Notes. Working on Nikki it. Nikki Notes. Nikki Notes. Nikki Notes. Okay. okay. Working on it. Yeah. Yep. I'm talking to her. Yeah. See what we, we can do. We would love it. <laughs> yes. Well, we're trying. And uh, I had one last secret for Alice. Uh-oh. Um, before we, oh. uh, we, uh, we move along here, this is, uh, some secret audio. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to okay. laugh. Um, of when you were first hired and hang on here as a musician, hang on. So you're a musician, eh? <laughs> yes. Can you read music? No. You're hired. There you go. We said we'd have some secrets and that you never knew. Never knew. You I know, had no I, idea. I used to be able to read music. I mean, obviously through school band, but. That skill, oh, I would have to. I'm so rusty on that skill. I'd have oh, to, so yeah, am I. Really have to work. I, that. I look at stuff now and I go, you know, I used to know where a C note was, but I have no idea what <laughs> yeah. that is. Was that E in the bass line? I don't exactly. remember. All right. Yeah, it, it well, you guys, until right. next time. Yes, keep, and please be in touch. Be in touch. Um, we'd love to answer your questions. Um, we have a bunch of them that we will get to eventually, but uh, I mean, we've already gone what twice as long as we went for the first podcast this is not going to turn into a marathon <laughs> okay <laughs> but we but let me say this and i do never will never ever supersede alice here but we're this is happening because of the fans and i want to give a big shout out to mia from vermont who literally texted us yesterday and said that she was so frustrated that we weren't on every friday because she had had such a crappy week that she was looking forward oh. to us oh that's and sweet so i just want to say thanks mia and we hope your week gets better and maybe by next week you can listen to this and it'll cheer you up so byron why don't you yep. give us a little okay. bit of charity ball and we'll, we'll see All you right, next see time. Ya.